0: book is all about how all conflict uh, stems from not seeing the other people around you as people.
1: Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life.
2: All right. Welcome back to the Wayfinder show. Adam, you know, I'm not even going to ask you how you are doing. I want to know Good. how your football team is doing.
1: Oh, the Detroit Lions have been so bad for so long, forever, but they are actually pretty good this year. I've Definitely. always, I'm always reluctant to be, I'm always the last one of the people I know to admit that, yeah, maybe they are actually decent this year, which only happens like once every, you know, two decades, but yeah, uh, they're pretty good this year, man. Yeah. They're, they're really good. Yeah,
2: man. I don't actually follow football too much anymore, like I don't watch it anymore, but I just am... Like on Mondays and Tuesday, I just catch up on what's been happening, and everybody's raving about the lions. It's like, yo, are they for real. <laughs> That's Seems great. Like
1: they're for real. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a long way to go before they do anything productive yeah. or real, but they're a legitimately decent team that can yeah. beat anybody on any given Sunday, so that that should, that in itself is a good change for. that is
2: good man that is good i remember (laughs) when people don't believe it but there was a time when the patriots were well actually we're back to those times (laughs) when they sucked but like when i was in high school they were awful i mean they were the laughing stock of they were the detroit lions before the detroit lions right and uh and then they became they became good and and nobody believed like they could really go anywhere we just we had the same attitude and then we just became arrogant like we deserve a freaking
1: super bowl every year
2: you know and it's just pissing us off now
1: I, I don't know that you i knew you were a patriots fan <laughs> i grew up
2: in new england you know, yes yeah. so. no I know. Yeah. I know
1: it makes so, sense um, i just didn't realize that but all yeah. right
2: <laughs> but anyways man we we haven't done this in a long time right Where we have where we go when we talk about books you know we really like uh have you just get on and talking about uh books we've read and uh share it with our guests our, our listeners Uh, But we're going to do it a little bit different today, right? We're bringing in a good friend that is also a hardcore reader and has read some different books and he's going to share some with us, right?
1: So Yeah. So we got Bryce Coleman of Magnet Marketing over here. Bryce, actually, full transparency, helps me out with my SEO and and Google ads and things like that for my business. And Bryce has become a friend and we figured we'd bring him on and, and talk about books a little bit. So Bryce, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you, Alan. Thanks for the welcome. Yeah, man. So why don't before we dive into the books, why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself, a little background, who you are, what's your what is your business and and why you got into it?
0: Yeah, sure. So uh I'm Bryce. <laughs> nice <laughs> to meet you. But uh I started my first business in college in Hawaii. It was a van rental mm-hmm. company, and then I had another one that was a tourism company. I, I did tours for Japanese tourists since I speak Japanese I used to live in Japan for a while oh, and wow. both of those businesses got shut down by COVID and that really sucked in 2020 because uh, Hawaii co- like cut off all tourism there's no flights going in and out
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so I didn't have any customers for six months and eventually you just have to you know read the writing on the walls and shut down the business and so I, I had taken digital marketing courses in college and I, I built a couple websites and done some SEO classes and stuff. So that, then I started taking SEO courses, digital marketing courses, uh, building up a web design team and started uh, my digital marketing career at the end of 2020. And it's been pretty good ever since then. Mostly work with uh, roofing companies, home service companies, landscapers, garage door companies. I have a t- team of 20 virtual assistants now. I feel like the one thing I'm really good at in my business is hiring really good people. And then training them and like making SOPs, standard operating procedures, so that I can outsource as much as possible. So for a while there, like when I was only doing web design, I could pretty much not work at all. Because I had, my web design team flushed out so well that I just send them the doc, they do everything. And I just like do a final call with the person I didn't have to work. But I wanted to make more money. So then I took on SEO and Facebook ads, Google ads, and it's become you know a little bit more interactive and busy. But it's yeah. definitely pretty good.
1: We should have a whole other episode where we bring you on to just talk about how to hire a damn V.A. and right. uh, you know how to build out yeah. something like that. Yeah, that's. That, I mean, I've I've helped
0: like probably twenty or thirty other agencies hire VAs because really, like if you've read another book, you know the Four Hour Workweek. Yeah, that guy like outsources his entire life. You know, he doesn't touch his email yeah. or his phone or anything. Like, yeah. That's amazing. That's that's goals to me. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not quite there, but I've got most of everything that's I do more than once. I outsource. If I, but if it's a unique thing, then I'll I'll end up doing myself. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, Adam. That we need to. That's I've had such a hard time every time we try to hire a VA. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, Yeah. just trying to get a good one. I, I, I'd pay somebody just to be a VA recruiter for me. (laughs) Yeah, there's VA
0: agencies too. I've referred a couple people to VA agencies. Yeah. But they train them and have the SOP. Those ones, like you charge them, you pay them like three hundred or four hundred bucks up front. And then you get a VA for like two dollars and fifty cents an hour. It's so cheap.
2: Wow. And then
0: they're still taking a percentage off of that. So the VA is only getting paid like two bucks an hour.
2: Amazing. Which
0: sounds really bad to Americans, but I mean, I, I used to live in the Philippines too. And my wife's Filipino. Her mom, yeah. she has a master's degree and is a teacher for twenty years. She makes a dollar and ten cents an hour. And so wow. that's like a full career. And then these are entry level VAs that are making, you know, two dollars an hour, three dollars an hour. So that's enough money to like retire their parents, you know, even though it sounds like nothing to us, but it's can be life changing money to them. Amazing. Yeah. Pretty interesting stuff. Cool.
2: So you're you like to read a lot, obviously. That's why you're here today, right? Isn't yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, are, uh, any particular subjects, anything like that before we get into our books that you mostly I
0: mean, now it's all business books. You know, I studied yeah. entrepreneurship in college and like to improve my business. But also self help books, self improvement things are always interesting to me. I try to keep growing as a person, you know.
2: Great. All right. Well, we're going to get started then, right? Uh, Let's go around and um, I guess I'll go first (laughs) Um, and talk about a book. For me, anybody that knows me, I think, Adam, you know, the first time we met, uh, you know, I I keep a stack of this book that's changed my life. And uh, it's The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. Right I, now, it's probably been I don't know six seven years. I I found this so late in life. I think like I would have been so successful by now if I would have found this book earlier. <laughs> but it was I wasn't ready for it. Right, it's just the way it is. And um, it's a short fable, right? It's I, I remember I actually was reviewing it earlier, and I'm thinking like I'm I'm gonna try and read it again tonight. Like I just remember the first time I read it, it was like I don't think I took more than like an hour and a half, maybe two hours to read it. And it's a fable format. And I always love those business books or, or just teach it, you know, books that teach you uh, via fable or parable.
1: Yeah, me too. Every time funny. we do one of these episodes, we always have one or two of those fables. So those are good books. But yeah, that one, that was a great one. I think I just reread that for the maybe the third time uh-huh. a couple months ago. But what a what a great book. What not it mean. awesome? Yeah. Uh, so i don't, out?
0: never read that. Go get
1: her, huh? oh Oh, you got to you got to Louis. why don't you give a little quick synopsis there what 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 is the go-giver
2: yeah so the go-giver it's a guy it's a salesman i can't remember his name right now that he's like i think he's like a traveling salesman or something he's struggling he's trying to figure out how to do better and he goes and asks for advice from somebody who's like really successful ultimately and the guy i think the successful guy they called him like the chairman of the board or the chairman or something like that they never even give his name so i kind of like a you know, related to like the Wizard of Oz, where you go and see the Wizard, right? You never really know who it is; it's just a Wizard. Um, and basically, he tells them to be successful. There are five laws, right? And so, uh, those five laws are the the law of value, which means your 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 worth is determined by how much you give. Uh, you know, how much more you give than you take in payment, okay? um the law of compensation which is your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them and those two laws are really the the big part and it, and it makes me and there's a few others but um it reminds me they both remind me of you know Charlie Munger who's Warren Buffett's partner uh one of his famous quotes is like if you want to be a billionaire go help a billion people right and that that always resonates with me and i think that's what those two laws are all about just go help, you know, don't worry about the compensation, just go do it. And I got to tell you, um, every time that I'm struggling in life, that's what I do. I give, like, I just start, I, I, I go into a really dark place. And luckily, this book has changed me so much that then I pull out of it. And I just go and I try to find a way to help anybody. You know, I mean, I might just... Sometimes just recently I was kind of there and I was just walking down the street and I just saw homeless people. I just started giving them money. And I don't actually know if I believe in that, but I just do that. Like, I just feel like you give unselfishly and then you start looking for other ways to give. And then before you know it, like things are coming at you, you know, and like this week has been incredible for me. And I I gotta say it's, I think because the last couple of weeks are dark and I started to just go and reground myself and just start going back towards giving, you know? Yeah. Um, But there's three other laws, the law of influence, which is determined that, you know, by how much you place other people's intentions first, you know, or or their interests. Uh, So the more, you know, if the more I try to help Adam get roofing jobs, you know, the more influential I'm going to be with Adam. Right. So uh, law of authenticity, which is about, you know, the most valuable gift you can be. Uh, you can give is be basic, basically yourself, just be raw. And and here's another one, like you know, I'm a I'm a realtor, right? Uh, essentially, I'm a real estate broker. I negotiate everything from, you know, regular residential houses to you know, million dollar pieces of development lands, you know, multi million dollars. i you know, I just got a possibly my biggest deal ever, which you know will be in a ten million dollars. Now that I'll be negotiating, it's all the same rules, right? And it's all about. I developed this trust with people by being very, very authentic. Like I just put it out there all the time and I used to worry about it. And Adam, you know this about me. I used to worry like, oh, people are going to think I'm too, uh, you're going to see my weaknesses or all that, you know, it's not good. But if you do that and you really give yourself, put it out there, like what what ends up happening, obviously is people just start liking and trusting you, right? And they feel more like they want to help you because you are being really real and authentic Right, uh, so I I usually just put it out there, you know, uh, whatever it is. And then if, this is the one where I always struggle the most, which is the law of receptivity, um, meaning that you know the key to effective giving is staying open to receiving, right? So I I always struggle with that when people just give me uh, like they just especially like tangible objects for some reason I just really struggle when people want to give me gifts or yeah. you know just take me out to dinner or whatever like i i i have a hard time just receiving it's it's uncomfortable for me or even compliments just like i i struggle with them like you you know you want to make me really uncomfortable put me in front of a ruins a compliment to me i am good at just <laughs> turn like yeah. right as can be so and that's
1: one of the things i remember from the first time i read the go-giver too because it 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 just made me open to my eyes and realize oh yeah that is that is so true is that You know, we think about it, you know, those of us that want to give and we all do. Right. It's always Mm -hmm. fun to give. It's always fun Mm -hmm. to give. And you're like, oh, no, don't give me this. Don't give me compliments because, Louie, you and I are the same way in that regard. Mm -hmm. I don't don't really like being complimented either. But but like just take a step back and think about it. Like in order for you to give, somebody else has to be receiving. So by Mm -hmm. you not receiving, you're basically denying the other person that that yeah. gift of giving because it is a gift so it's kind of a totally. dick move like you no doubt you no have doubt. to be able to take the compliment take the gift let someone buy you a, a drink whatever it is totally. like it, it's it's actually it's selfish not to do that yeah it's, it's kind of a funny twist but, interesting concept yeah 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 it
2: really is uh that's what i gotta work on the most um you know, and that, that's it. That's The Go-Giver. You know, what's ironic about this. I think we had a guest on earlier. I think, was it Patrick Menifee that he mentioned at The Go-Giver when we asked about in our Wayfinder 4 what's the favorite and he mentioned a Go-Giver. And then I think I've seen him post about how he gives that book a lot. Well, I do too. That book, I usually keep a stack. I'm out right now, but I'll buy them like, you, you know, I'll, I look for them in, in bookstores when he, you know, like use bookstores and uh I'll, I'll stack up on them every single one of them i'll buy i'll go on thrift books and buy them and i just try to keep a stack uh or, you know and um and and i know patrick said he does the same and it started getting making me think like it's ironic i i wondered at the end of this when i was writing up my my notes this time for this episode was is this the most gifted book of all time well i, I would guess not because you know we got the bible and all that probably is, is that but um Outside of the the religious books, uh, I, I wonder because at the end of this book, you're going to read it, and you you can't help but to want to give it to somebody, you know, you can't help it. Um, so in in many ways, I thought it was ironic. It could I wonder if that was a a marketing ploy, and I doubt it was. But, you know, like the irony there, right? That this book will sell like crazy by people just gifting them, right? So, anyways, yeah. that's the go giver. That is I know Adam, funny. you read it and you know how influential it can be.
1: Yeah, you gave me the yeah. first copy. I, I didn't read it until we we were doing one sheets one day and, and I think I walked out of your office with the go giver. So thank you for that.
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thanks. So who's up next? Bryce? You ready, man? Bryce, let it run. Oh, no, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh one of the books I just decided to talk about is like minutes before our meeting changed my mind because uh it's the anatomy of peace i don't know if you guys have ever heard of it i haven't as famous as some of the other books but i highly highly recommend it um pretty much the con it's it's kind of hard to describe so it's a peace building book and the reason i decided to talk about it is because right now oh i just gone um right now you know there's the conflict between israel and palestine and like there's so much hate towards each other and there's so much hate in politics and everyone's arguing with each other all the time and uh, this book, it talks about how people see other people uh, not as another person, but as an object. And so it's like you have an objectifying uh, view of other people. So like huh. kind of how you think of uh, the enemies in a war or a movie, you think of, oh, it's good when they die, you know, because they're just objects. They're just other, they're, they're the enemy. And you object- objectify them. And so this book is all about how all conflict uh, stems from not seeing the other people around you as people and how to be able to see them as people, how to get yourself out of the box, how to stop being in conflict, and how to resolve conflict through uh, humanizing the other people that you're talking to. It's really interesting concept. And I actually took a whole course on it in college. It was like this peace building program. That was pretty interesting. Um, It's pretty hard to apply to your life though. Like there's so much conflict all the time. And you always want to just argue with people instead of um, stepping back and, and seeing them as another person. Because when you see them as a person and as someone that has an opinion instead of just an obstacle, then you have to admit that you have to, like, find ways to resolve it automatically just by seeing them as a person. You feel for them, you know, you have empathy for them instead of uh, mm. hatred and, and
1: angst. It's kind of, That's awesome. Does, the, that, the no, does that book, and I haven't read it, I, I'm going to yeah. read it for sure. Does it give you actionable advice like okay when you find yourself the, doing this do yeah. this instead i, I wish something?
0: i had read it again today cuz the actual yeah. advice is really good but it's pretty complex like there, it's, yeah. it's not easy enough to say so this is the first step this is the second step this is a third step kind of thing it's like there's a the way of being is what they talk about it so like you have a heart of peace heart of war and like when you're heart at peace then you see others as people when you're heart at war you see others as objects and then they have like these different steps that you can do to not only make yourself have the heart at peace, but have, help others to also have the heart at peace, like by uh, communicating and supporting them, building relationships and doing these different steps. So it's it's pretty, pretty fascinating. And like, nice. I'm, uh, I don't know, I definitely, I took the course mostly because at the time uh, I was having huge fights with my in-laws, like my 2 be in-laws, <laughs> like they wouldn't let us get married. They were talking about disowning us and all this other stuff. Oh, uh, wow. Man, like it, it was not not a healthy place to be in, you know, and, and so, uh, yeah, I just need to like to learn how to not kill them, you know, <laughs> like not hate them all the time. And uh, this definitely helped me a lot. I was taking these classes and learning so much about um, seeing people as people, seeing their side of things, understanding different cultures. Because like there's different cultural differences and why they think the way they do, you know, understanding the different cultural differences it helped me a ton. So, also i feel like that helped me in my business too now, now that i'm able to communicate better and be at peace i'm able to hire people in pakistan and philippines india bangladesh all over the oh, world yeah. communicate with them better just because of the skills that they teach in the book yeah. it's kind of like a communications and, and conflict resolution
1: of course and spoiler bryce did not kill his in-laws is that yeah, is that yeah fair we, to say?
0: we're happy now like
1: i'm a visitor so. <laughs>
2: that's <awesome. laughs>
1: no that's cool that works. sounds like a very interesting <laughs> book i want to check yeah. that out do you know who the author is yeah uh it's called the arbiter institute i want okay. to look okay oh that's oh, funny what else did they re- um have you read was it leadership and deception i think that yeah, that's, that's it, the other yeah. book that they that's pretty yeah, famous that's a them. pretty that's a good book have you,
0: have yeah. you read that one before too yeah it's that's, that's
1: like pretty yeah. similar concepts in both the books cool i do i do like that book i've read it a few times but yeah very cool nice. thanks mm-hmm. for sharing All right, I guess I'm up now, huh? So uh, my first book today, I'm going to go with Vivid Vision by Cam Harold. You know, kind of a popular one in a lot of the circles we run in, but I mean, it can't be understated, at least in my eyes. You know, maybe I'm just a geek, but the idea of of really kind of envisioning the future and figuring out what you want long-term and then just kind of building steps and actionable advice to getting that. I mean, that's what this book is all about. And uh, I will actually, I have this pulled up. I will read you something from the author's website about Vivid Vision, just because he can probably, he says it a lot better than I do. But uh, creating a Vivid Vision brings the future into the present so we can have clarity on what we are building now. It is detailed overview of what my business will look like, feel like, and act like three years out by December 31st, 2025. Sharing it with others helps it become reality. Because of their clarity, CEOs globally are using vivid visions instead of traditional mission or vision statements. And COOs are helping to ensure they become reality. Yeah. Um, and that's just, again, from his website. So the, the idea here is creating this, as it's called, a vivid vision, sitting down. and And actually, the one in this book is a very... Uh, intense, drawn out process of, of planning your life and thinking about what you want your life to look at look like three years from now, mm-hmm. and then really just building it back. All these components, and and a lot of what he talks about in the book is based on business and and your business, but really you can relate it to what your marriage wants to look like. What what are your, where are your kids going to be? You know, all the things related to your life. In my eyes, should be incorporated into this vivid vision, and and I honestly have found it super helpful and and there's different things too, right? Like Cameron Harrell's vivid vision as I'm talking about right now is this super intense in-depth exercise that he suggests taking four hours, a couple different times and really planning it out, but there's simpler versions of it too. But I think um, whatever hits with you, another one, Donald Miller's hero on a mission is another, probably more simplified version of it. But um, I I think just the idea of, of just kind of, figuring out what the heck you want your life to look like at some point in the future and just kind of taking daily steps, quarterly steps, monthly steps, whatever it is to get there is just so helpful. Like I look at the vision that I wrote for myself a year ago. And then I, I look at my, you know, a year ago when I was an engineer living in Denver and and all this, you know, and my, my vision said I wanted to own my own business and live in south carolina and and this and that and the other it's just these things are just starting to happen and and it's i so i feel very strongly about it myself so mm. that i definitely wanted awesome. to bring up that bryce have you read vivid vision i haven't sounds really cool though sounds like the pro version of you know just normal vision board so yeah it sounds- is it's it, is. It's just one of those methods but sorry go ahead lou
2: no that's it i think he hit it right on i mean it's it, uh it's a written like essay uh, form of of a vision board in many ways, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what yeah. I've I've read it. I've done it a couple of times too. There was uh, another book that really had a similar
0: concept. I can't remember the name of it, but I, I did one year, three year, five year, ten year goals, mm. like specific steps to achieve each of the goals. And, you know, hopefully, we're we're on the way to achieving each of them. But
2: yeah, I can't remember yeah. what
0: that book was. It's really cool. And concepts. I think
2: in um in vivid vision, Cam lays out the steps really well too if I remember correctly just kind of put yourself visualize you know three to five years out right and he's he's very intentional about three to five years not to go too much further because your your life changes right I mean too much yeah yeah but um, so you know three to five years put yourself there and yeah reverse engineer it and then what he's really big on I think is the creative writing of it right like he you take it and you want to make it like this beautifully written document that, mm-hmm. right? That makes it like a, a like like a, like a fable or something, so you can really be engaged in it. And right, that's part of starting to build it. So, whereas yeah. like a vision board, it would be the pictures. So that there's a lot of creativity and visualization that goes into it, whether it be pictures on a board or writing the vision statement. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah it's cool yeah. it's a good one that's cool yeah that, that's my list too. i like it and it's also a quick read it's just a lot of work yes <laughs> yeah yeah it's a quick implement.
1: yeah it's a quick read if you just blow through it but yeah there's yeah. a lot of a lot of uh Actually, actionable it's steps it's suggesting you take in there that's for sure
2: yeah and he and he's built like a huge industry around it right like he, yeah
1: he's got his whole coaching platform and, and oh, all yeah. this stuff that helps people build out their their vivid visions
2: totally yeah Nice. That's a That's great good. way to market too. Sell a book yeah.
1: and do the coaching. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly.
2: So my other one, this one is, um, I was running out of time before this, <laughs> to be honest, I, I prepared with the Go-Giver and, and the other one time, time came up. And so I grabbed one off my bookshelf really quick. And, uh, it's not a, like a book you read from front to back. It's more like a reference manual and it's called the business model canvas, which my thing isn't letting you see. But it's the business model canvas is a different way of business planning. Um, uh, we did this when I was in business school, and you basically you take a business and you really dissect it to such small areas, um, and then you know you you build out like a, a almost a, it's kind of funny it's like a vision board that you build. It. I've done this with my teams where we each have one. And we go and just put post-its, you know, draw it up on a wall and we'll put post-its for each area. And then after that, we draw a picture of what we did, you know, to to um, to draw that business model canvas. Right. And and the irony there is like I had one agent uh, had started with me a few years back. Her name was Amy. You know, she 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 drew out her business and she wanted to be in a certain segment in Denver. Right. She wanted to be living and working. selling in Wash Park neighborhood of Denver. And uh, she envisioned having a dog. She envisioned all her clients being runners. She envisioned being in business with her partner. And sure enough, like it's been about three years and that's kind of her business right now. You know, she lives in Wash Park. She's got a dog. She's got a, she got a partner who she recently married, who's a runner and they go run together and they get a lot of business from runners. And, and, you know, it it just happened to work out that way. So, um, but the format is, there's, um, there's basically nine segments to this um, this uh, canvas, right? And the first one is customer segments. So, like, identify, you know, who is your cu- customer? Like, you know, if we can pick on you, Adam, where, you know, like, roofing it's probably going to be, like, pick a certain neighborhood, like, a, you know, sales, we call it farming, right? Like, and, and it might be a certain kind of house even. So, you want to really, like, niche down. So, like, I don't know, terracotta roofs in the Isle de Palm neighborhood or whatever. Is that, that's a neighborhood there, right? I've heard you talk Yeah, we'll go with it. Go. Yeah, that's good. All right, that's good. So you work there <laughs> and then, you know, what are the value propositions that you have? So part two, you know, the, the value proposition. So you, you're the guy who can, I don't know, work on terracotta roofs. You're not going to break them, right? You're not going to pull one off and have them all slide down or anything like that, right? Like, so you're, that's your value proposition for them. Your channels is the third one. How do you deliver that value proposition? right? Could be hiring and Bryce to get the message online to everybody uh, in Al Palm neighborhood. So as soon as they turn on a computer, they pop up, hey, go to Adam, he will fix your Adam your your uh, terracotta roof here in Al Palm. Your customer relationships, basically who are you, who are your vendors and all that stuff? your revenue streams pretty self-explanatory there. how do you how do you charge? um your key resources what do you need you know with trucks all that um materials people uh you know what kind of shoes you need to step on terracotta roofs (laughs) um your key activities what are you doing to get the business your key partnerships and your cost structure and so you have this board you lay it all out on and i gotta tell you this is a book i keep handy it's like right when I was looking at my, it was the first place my eyes went to on a bookshelf because every time I'm constantly recreating my business. Right. And, um, and when I am, every time I have a new idea, that's the first thing I do. Is I draw out a business model canvas to figure out how am I going to do that? You know, if I, um, this is a niche now, uh, that we're going to focus on how we're going to do it, you know, how we're going to find those clients, what's the message for them, you know, who, who do we need to get involved, you know, um, and it works. It really helps me get focused every time. So it's a good book to have. Uh, we took a whole class on it when I was in business school and, and we mm-hmm. did it. And I've always just stuck with it rather than the traditional business plan, which can get pretty boring. You know, yeah. um, this is kind of what I use.
1: That's oh, great. Yeah. I definitely want to check that out.
2: Yeah. What was the name of that one more time? I'm going to write it down. The Business Model Oh, it's called Business Model Generation. Sorry, but it's all about the business model canvas. Um, cool. In the tech world, I think it's really big. Uh, I know when I talk to friends who are, you know, in software or anything like that, they, they're they constantly generating business model canvases. And there's apps and software around this. You can quickly plug them in and have, you know, your teams come together and do some ideation around what whatever you're going to try to use to grow your business you know go after but it's a good one so but it won't be it's probably not one you want to listen to it's 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 an audible book right right it's a manual for sure Mm -hmm. you can take a youtube class on it for like uh for like an hour uh not even they have a cool little cartoon youtube class on it because i made my agents watch it before i did it with them before um and then we went through and did it. And it, it, it can be a lot of fun if you're on a team where people, you know, everybody does it for their specific area or you just do it all together on one thing. Like, you know, Adam, you get your team together and let's say, all right, guys, we're going to go after terracotta roots and, in, in uh, you know, Isle of Palms. Let's see how we're going to do this. And here's the board and everybody goes up and puts their ideas. And then you draw a picture. Well, oh yeah. So that's the other day. At the end, you kind of draw a picture of what that's going to look like. Mm. It makes it more fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I think especially like the beginning part, making your ideal avatar
2: mm-hmm. is so
0: important in every kind of marketing, you know, like even building your own personal brand, you have to talk about what you do in your business, who you service, what specifically, what specific problems you can solve for them, you know, in every kind of marketing, every kind of ad, if you don't solve those few questions, it's not a good ad, you're not going to get any conversions, you're not, you're going to get the wrong type of customers, you know, and, and then you're going to feel like your ad's not working or your marketing isn't working at all because mm-hmm. you're not putting the message out. Right. Totally. It's really, really good important step for any kind of business, I
2: think. Yeah. You know, come to think thing it, I can give one more testimony about this. When I first learned is in school, I was still in school and, you know, you got to practice it and whatever. So my wife was starting her business. She has a college counseling business, right. And um helping kids figure out how to apply for college, which colleges you should go to and all that. And she had two partners at the time. And I asked her, hey, can I do the business model canvas with you? And we went and we met one of her partners' um, living rooms and set it all up there and did it. And uh, that became her business. Now it's, I mean, this is 10 years later. And it's all working off of that still, that original business model canvas. It's, that's nice. what she's built it on. And now she's got a team. She's got two different partners now. But, you know, shes I think she's got seven counselors all over the country now working with people all over the world doing this and, and it all came, you know, I think if you ask her, she may say it goes back to that moment where I'd like to believe it anyways, but she might say, nah, it was my own shit. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. All right, That's Bryce. Cool. Number yeah, two. Uh, the
0: next book, this one was um, just one I was listening to two weeks ago on a road trip. It's The Simple Path to Wealth. This one's really different from the first book. This one's all about uh, retirement, investing, how you should invest, and uh, what you should invest in. And um, it's much more practical with step-by-step exactly what you should do, which is really nice because uh, up until now, I mean, I- I'm a lot younger than you guys. Maybe you guys have all this stuff figured out. The retirement's all nice. And then you're to retire next year or something. I don't know. But for me, I mean, I-, I was just making money. Sometimes I would make a lot of money. Sometimes I'd make it less money and, you know, self-employed life. And it was really hard to invest. Um, And I was always spending a lot of time looking at stocks. I I would spend so much time researching companies, researching market trends, researching world news, trying to guess which stocks to pick. And and I picked really good stocks, actually. I I got really good returns, especially in like 2019, 2020, 2021, because of like COVID, tanked a bunch of stocks. I bought a bunch and then those all went up, of course. But um, it, it was just so much time invested that I was always planning on, you know, investing a certain amount every single month at the end of the month. But because I, ne- I never had time to actually do it, I ended up just not investing most of the time, which is a loss. You know, I could have made a ton of interest on all this money, but instead I ended up spending, reinvesting on my business or it went somewhere else instead of in a retirement account or investing. And so uh, this, this book was really nice for me because it just lays out a really simple, I mean, the name is Simple Path to Wealth, really simple step-by-step, what you need to invest in, how much you should invest in, what accounts should invest in once you retire or how much you need to retire and how much, once you retire, what to invest in after that. So the the rule is like, once you have 25 times the amount of your living expenses for a year saved, and you can live off of that based on the 4% rule. And Mm -hmm. so if you're living off of, you know, maybe $30,000 a year, you need to time that by 25, then you can retire. Um, But then how to get there, you have to, he he highly, highly recommends um, index funds that cover the entire market. He said like, based on every analysis ever done in the world on the stock market, uh, VTSAX, you know, the total market index fund outperforms every single stock picker, except for Warren Buffett. Like he's the one exception, you know, but every other like uh, managed fund, they always don't do as good as uh, VTSAX. And then they always have a fee too. So they'll take a percentage and then they're underperforming plus that you have a fee. And so you're always better off just investing in the total market index fund. And so he, he, he suggests, you know, doing that, um, just every single month, direct deposit to, uh, to directly to a total market index fund. And then he, they talk about different, you know, investing vehicles and stuff too, which you guys probably already know, uh, the difference between 401Ks or Roth IRAs, all that, other different stuff. But, and then once you get to the retirement age or like when you're able to be financially independent from having 25 times your living expenses, then you go into, um, I forgot what he called it, but like coasting. So you put reinvest, you kind of rebalance it, so you put 20% in bonds since those are less volatile compared to stocks and you have 5% in cash. And then the rest of it, you continue to have in the total market index funds and are able to live off of that. So for me, I mean, it's maybe not the most inspirational book, but it did give me a lot of peace of mind to have a set plan and idea of exactly what I want to do and exactly how I'm going to do it and what year I'll be able to retire by based on this current mm. income figures and all these other things. It just gave me so much. because I, I have like anxiety about money sometimes, you know, like, oh, I made like 30K this month. And the next month I make like 20 or like $5,000. It's like, what the crap? Like, why is my income so inconsistent? But if I'm able to just at least allocate this, then by this amount of time, I'll be able to retire. And so that really gives me a lot of peace of mind and uh, calms me, I guess. And it was also just really interesting to study all those. They have so much facts and figures about why this is the best way to do it. It was really interesting to me.
1: And like Mm -hmm. you mentioned, it's not only a better vehicle to invest in index funds, but it doesn't take any time at all, right? I I don't have to schedule
0: uh, one time every month investing or or like, you know, I don't have to study it at all. Just automatically does it. And it's so much easier. And I feel like it's better too. I mean, sure, I got lucky in 2020 because of the stock market crash. But like I would have overall, I would have made more money if I just done this three years ago compared to actually investing in individual stocks. Just because I would have been doing investing more consistently, which is really the important part for compound interest.
2: You know, the irony there is uh, you mentioned Warren Buffett's probably the only one that's outplayed him. But Warren Buffett, I think, challenged anybody in the world to say, hey, um, if you know, let's have a 10 year bet. And you I'm, I'm going to pick you can pick whatever you want, however you want to manage your fund, whatever. And I'm going to put it in one one uh, in an index fund. And that's it. Yeah. And let it ride for 10 years right and and the the person i think his name is ted site is who is a pretty famous investor as well and he does pretty well actually and he was leading for like a lot of that time right i think it was like seven of those 10 years and then all of a sudden something happened and he's, he's screwed up and and you know warren buffett's index yeah, at one, some point you're going to take a risk that doesn't pan out and right you know the next one outperforms
0: yeah. you at every time it's totally. interesting because warren buffett also like buys the businesses and then invest in them and then that's how he's Absolutely. able to perform so well but the average, i mean even him he advises everyone just do total market index funds and he has his own his wife like just invest your money into index funds that's what i told my kids to do that's what, I, I don't understand like why the financial industry was so complex you know there's so mm-hmm. many different vehicles for investing and there's so many different financial people but mm-hmm. it could be so much easier if we all just did it like this you know just yeah that's in total market index fund forget about it don't ever look at it again until that's you it. have to retire then you're Look, oh, I have 25X already. I can retire. Sweet. Totally.
2: Now, what I'd be curious to know, because some people will argue that his, you know, Berkshire Hathaway, BRK, uh, A or B, they, they, his company is essentially like an index fund. Like you said, they buy a ton of different companies and it's very well diversified, right? And sure. uh, I'd be curious to know what that return on those companies are against an index fund, right? I mean, that'd that be interesting. Yeah, I mean, having- Berkshire
0: Hathaway, why- they're not going to be ahead forever you know i don't know i i'm sure i don't it, know yeah you know but <laughs> i don't know that much about i don't own any EKR stock yeah although i think warren buffett's awesome you know I read all his oh, wow. books everything i'm not investing in his, his stuff i mean he, even he recommends not buying his stuff he recommends total market index funds
2: yeah
1: cool all right adam all right you're up Bring us home. All right. Let's see. So last but not least here, um, I don't know that we ever really go more than three or four shows without talking about a a Ben Hardy and a Dan Sullivan book. So (laughs) I might as well just keep the streak alive. And and I'm going to talk about Who Not How by Benjamin Hardy and and Dan Sullivan. And for those that don't know, Dan Sullivan founded Strategic Coach. Um, It's kind of a coaching platform for high-end entrepreneurs and CEOs. He's been coaching for over 30 years and and i think what he wanted to do a few years back was take a lot of his concepts that he uses in his his coaching programs strategic coach and and bring it to the masses um and he essentially hired benjamin hardy who is a writer to to write three books with him and and it was who not how gap in the Gain, and then and 10x is easier than 2x and I think all of those have been mentioned on our show many times but so this who not how I believe was the first one of those that came out and who not how is just one of his underlying concepts in his his coaching platform just as it sounds like it's 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 all about not figuring out how you can do your thing a little better and tweak it a little way but but who can you hire that can just take it out of your hands and do it and get you to the next level. And I I think part of the underlying concept that he talks about in this book is, is, you know, that people, people kind of tend to keep their goals small. um, So it's easy enough for you to accomplish on your own. But if you truly, I mean, going back to what we talked about vision, vision, vivid vision earlier, if if you truly want to go after big goals, if you want to do a big thing and, and change your life, you're going to need other people to help you. You can't do it on your own. There's just not enough time in the day. So you got to find the right people who can take the stuff off your plate that you can leverage that are really good, you know, find their unique ability to to do your marketing, do this, to create systems for yourself so you can focus on what it is that you do the best and what you want to do. And so that's, that's kind of all... Who not how is about is just just the concept of finding the right people and put the right butts in the right seats and and you know one quote that I'll read real quick before I kick it around to you guys is um, that stuck out to me in this book is you can have everything you love in life as long as you give up what you hate and that's kind of the deal right if you really just hate doing something and you're not good at it just find somebody else to do it because there's somebody out there that's actually good at the thing you hate that likes doing the thing you hate then you can partner with or hire or whatever it is to do that thing. So you can just focus on things you love because not only will you like your life more, but you'll be able to grow your business exponentially or, and and again, I'm relating it to business. It doesn't have to be business. This Mm -hmm. can be any part of your life that, that you just focus on the things you love and (laughs) farm out the things you hate to help Mm -hmm. yourself go to the next level. And that's, I'm way oversimplifying that book. It's a phenomenal read. Like a lot of these books we're talking about. It's not a hard read. It's probably mm-hmm. 200 pages, something like that, but it's a, it's a great read. And it's one of those that you you want to read it a couple times just to pull out different nuggets every time. So I love that book. I wanted yeah. to bring it up. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Thanks for right now. That's resonating with me so much. And I'm thinking like, yeah, I need to reread that one. Yeah, Or just apply the lessons, you know, like we know it and we just forget sometimes, right? I do exactly. like the go-giver, like forgetting to give, like you start giving again, you feel better, but that, that's it. Like go find the people to do the things that you don't want to do. And it's amazing. It's scary, right? Because you think like, man, it's going to cost me money. How do I afford that person? Whatever. No, you do that and the world opens up for you. Right. And especially
0: and- if you're hiring a VA, you know, to yeah. do whatever you don't want to do.
2: Yeah, Bryce, man, we need you on this team, for sure. <laughs> that's it. That, that's I mean, it. that's what I suggest people yeah. to
0: do, too. Like, first thing you should outsource is the thing you'd like to do the least, you know? That's totally. The, just make a list of all the things you did that week and what did you dislike doing the most. That's mm-hmm. what you got to hire for. That's
2: it. And,
0: hire a, and why would you want to restrict your hiring pool to just right around you? If you could do the whole worldwide hiring pool, there's a lot more talent across the world and a lot cheaper rates as well. Yeah. So.
2: Well said.
1: Yeah. No doubt.
2: So you know what? We haven't consulted on this, but let's just do it. <laughs> Bryce, we might have Uh-oh. to have you back to talk about this stuff some more because you you clearly have a lot of talents that we'd like you to share with our listeners. But so, sure. so be prepared to, to answer these again. But we're gonna have to since you're here and thank you for sharing your your great recommendations, but we're gonna have to also have to have you answer our famous World, thing, World Wayfinder 4.
1: <laughs> nice. All right, let's do it. You ready, Bryce? Wayfinder 4. Sure.
2: Me. You got no idea what you're in for, huh? Nope. <laughs> All right, get ready. <laughs> Bryce, give us a hack that you use. A hack? And that could be... Anything. doesn't anything. matter what it is. Yeah.
0: AI is so cool, man. Yeah. Like, that's the best hack ever. Yeah, I've been able to, like... I mean, the deliverables. So I didn't decrease my prices necessarily for my clients, but I used to do only one blog a month. Now I do 15 or like 10 to 15 every wow. month. And the quality is the same or better. And we also used to do a, a video. We do videos like every every uh, three months or six months because YouTube is owned by Google. And so like when you make YouTube videos, it helps Google rankings, but you can make AI videos where you can duplicate the voice. You know, I could take your podcast and I could make my own voice, AI voice that reads scripts and everything so cool in, in minutes it's uh just saves so much time and makes everything so much productive if you can just understand a little bit about ai my, my favorite ai tool is like zim writer it's probably my go-to one it's like a one-time fee like 150 bucks or something you download it to your computer and you can type anywhere and click control uh s and then it types whatever you whatever you prompted you can also do like 100 blocks at once yeah it's called zim writer i can send you the link later. but i mean chat gpt for people who don't do a lot of ai stuff it's, yeah. it's fine you know it's also good
2: <clears throat> so z-e-n writer z-i-m writer z-i-m oh, yeah is it mary
0: I andrew zim no, and i think that, thing, that thing is so good like that's the one that we use okay. for our blogs thank you script writing for videos and stuff
1: nice sounds like we're about to get some uh roofing blogs on willowashroofing.com yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah we've, we've already written like 20 of them that's <laughs> yeah, pretty good. I, just didn't even know. This episode. See, I didn't <laughs> yeah. even know. You're just gonna get another 10 every month. See guys, that's, that's what we're doing who, not how. You hire <laughs> yourself a Bryce and I don't have to write vlogs. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. Question number two. Uh this is a fun one. Just name a favorite. This could be your favorite uh, a movie, a band, a book. It's just uh, a recreational um, activity, just something you really my like. My favorite to do. thing to
0: do is travel, and couch shifting. I really like I, I've traveled a lot and I really like staying at people's houses. Uh, Couch tripping is like a free website where you just like stay at people's houses and stuff. Yeah. And you meet, it's kind of like a cultural exchange. I did it all over Europe, South America, Asia. It's a lot of fun meeting people. And I, usually we like do exchange, like I give them a present or I'd cook them food or something, you know, just to, as a thank you. But there's a lot of, met a lot of really cool people across the world doing well, that. That is cool.
1: So wait, now you have a little kid. I mean, do you, are you couch surfing with your child? We haven't couch
0: surfed since we haven't <laughs>
1: gone out of the country
0: since my wife doesn't have a U.S. passport yet. Uh, so I'm like, next year I really want to. I mean, we went to England, but we had to do a whole visa process for that. So yeah, I really want to. I'm itching to leave the country as soon as she gets the passport, and I want to leave a lot. I want to do a lot of traveling before she turns two, while she's still free to fly. You know, because <laughs> oh uh, yeah, the biggest expense is flights, really. And so I would always be searching the web for like really cheap flights. Yeah. And then uh, as soon as I find one, I just go. And that's how I traveled before. But now I've got a baby and a lot of luggage. It's like, you got to find a new way to travel, you know, that is more family inclusive. Probably not but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it.
2: So what is something you would tell your younger self?
0: Learn digital marketing earlier. I wish I got into this game a lot longer ago. Like, It's so cool. And I'd be a lot better if I did it 10 years ago. For.
1: what do you like about
0: it uh it's just so interesting like uh like google is so complex and it changes all the time but like it's so cool to be able to manipulate rankings like uh like for my wife's birthday last year i ranked her as the most beautiful woman in arizona and it, it only took like 10 minutes it's so cool it's so fun That's and so she's like gorgeous. Google, you know most people you're not supposed to, to let her know her 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 and, like, that you actually did something about that i could have done so many other cool hacks and i could have had so many other websites and because the problem with seo is it's kind of slow it takes time except unless you're going for things like you know most beautiful women in arizona because no one's going for that term so i I could rank it in 10 minutes but but for other terms it takes you know six months to a year to rank and if i had started 10 years ago i would have so many websites already ranking affiliate commissions that have passive income it'd be awesome so i really wish i got into this game a lot sooner so i could be richer <laughs> yeah. I mean, right now it's a grind you know i gotta just sell and fulfill and do all this stuff but if i had more time i i mean I make my own assets that can produce income like affiliate marketing lead generation sites which i have some of those but i can't rely on them as my income primary income still because it's not producing enough
2: but well, i challenge you to do one you know for louis being the most beautiful man in colorado like i think that's sure. gonna I take can-
0: If
1: if you have a website, (laughs) I'll just post a blog and
0: we can rank it. I just like linked a couple Google News PBNs to it. it
1: Louie, you're a boulder too. Come on, man!
2: Right, it's (laughs) gonna take a lot more than ten minutes. I can promise you that.
1: Just gotta send me a couple pictures. You should Google it.
0: It's really it's funny. Most beautiful (laughs) woman, Gilbert, Arizona, or Arizona or Mesa. I think she's ranking for all of them
1: nice oh that's great that is a very interesting answer i gotta give that to you i don't know if yeah. i've heard anyone quite like that
2: <laughs> that's good
1: all right uh fourth question what is one thing that you think prevents people from being happy
0: maybe I, anxiety i feel like everyone i talked to recently they always just say Man, i'm so anxious about everything it's like ah, I wonder what the cure the real cure to anxiety is that prevents people from happiness a lot i feel like
1: yeah so true world is nuts right now it's hard to hard to not be anxious with everything yeah going about on. something you know something in your life isn't yeah. going
0: right and you're going to be anxious about it and it's really hard to put yourself at ease because you know there's so much you can't control
2: bryce man I, this was great having you here and i think we're going to try and have you back but in the meantime can you tell people a little bit more about yourself i mean where to yeah, find you um sorry where to you find can you?
0: find me if you go to magnetmarketingseo.com that's my website uh, we do web design you know facebook ads google ads search engine optimization it's a lot of fun uh, yeah i also have a facebook group that i just started uh, i'm gonna change the name probably right right now I was like kind of working with garage door industry a lot so i called it scaling your garage door business but i just post like uh, marketing hacks uh marketing sops guides like i wrote a va hiring guide that i put in there oh. so if you want to join that facebook group you can read all my guides i have like a guide on local service ads guides on gmb seo you know you guys you don't want to do it yourself but it's good to know about it at least so then if you hire an seo company and they're not doing any of that stuff right then you can fire them
2: what's it called but, again facebook uh, <laughs> group
0: well i'm going to change the name i'm going to change it to like uh i don't know right now it's called scaling your garage door business uh, but i'm thinking i'm going to make it not niche specific because I don't actually work with that many garage door companies. I only have four clients that garage door companies. And I have 10 clients that are roofing companies. And so like, and I have landscaping companies and I have all, all sorts of other industries. So I'm going to make it more generic. But right now it's called scale your garage door business. And, Here like is, a is, link and you can put it in the uh,
1: uh, bio or something of the podcast. Yeah, no, we'll totally do that. Are, are all your um, businesses you work for in kind of the service... Contracting—they're all, kind of all contractors. They're all home yeah. service okay. companies.
0: Oh, that's not true completely. I do have some like photographers, and I have like this one medical marijuana guy. Okay, like, some other random ones, but I don't really focus on them I don't prospect for that. I w- work mostly with people who can qualify for local service ads, do home service industries like cool.
1: that, all
2: right?
0: Both and you
1: work nationally, company. right? You can work all yeah, over the country. Nationally.
0: Recently, I've been—I re- went to uh—I've been going to a lot of roofing stuff. I went to a commercial roofing conference. That was really interesting. Gonna to go to Roofcon in Florida. I'll oh, I'll be a, at
1: Roofcon. I'll see you nice.
2: there. See you there. Yeah, yeah I'm right. gonna go to that. It'll be fun. <laughs> cool. Man, they have a geek convention for everything, don't they? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, they do.
2: Uh, uh, as a guy, who I like going to them. From, They're uh, so fun. Yeah. Totally.
0: Nice meeting people.
2: But, well, Bryce, man, it's been really great having you on the show. Thank you for being here and sharing your books. We, we This is a lot of fun. We got to do this more often and we got to get you back on to share more of your wisdom with our audience. So, Yeah, appreciate it. It's great
0: yeah. hearing from you.
1: Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Talk soon. We hope you've enjoyed the Wayfinder Show. If you got value from this episode, please take a few seconds to leave us a five star rating and review. This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives.